1: have a have Scoop B, which is the owner of the Scoop B Radio podcast. You can see him on Fox, NBA 2K, and hear him on ESPN Radio. And definitely make sure to check him out. He is the NBA senior writer at TheHeavy.com, or at Heavy.com rather. Scoop B, how are you? Man, I'm good. Thank you for having me. Happy Friday. Happy Friday. Finally, end of the week. Word. <laughs> <laughs> I'm ready. I mean, I'm, I'm done with, I mean, not say done with, I won't say that. Because let's be honest, anybody who's in the broadcasting profession, anybody who, you know, loves what they do in this profession, it is truly the every day I don't go to work, I'm having fun at what I do.
2: This is true. I I think when you look at just the the state of affairs right now, uh, Corona pandemic and, you know, just finding out what's next and there being no sports, I think being creative is definitely the, uh, the formula these days. I think, you know, yourself, myself. Uh, anybody else who's, who's looking to really just um, be productive, um, thinking outside the box is, is truly um, what it is right now. So, you know,
1: kudos to you. And to you as well, because I've seen you and obviously you were nice enough to let me up on Instagram live, even though, I've, of course, everybody's flooding Instagram. So we, we keep having these issues and I've had, and I'm having these, by the way, for anybody who doesn't know about all this and you're not, I guess, very knowledgeable about social media. Let me fill you in. Everyone that is on quarantine right now is flooding Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, uh, Twitter, Periscope that is owned by Twitter. They're flooding these streaming sites because they're bored and they're at home. But there are people like yourself, Scoop, and myself who actually have jobs in the industry that are trying to do live streams, and it does happen to interrupt those live streams. So I will say, one, thank you for having me on, even though we couldn't really thank get you. you know a whole bunch out of that. But I I like for that you had me on and this community, I think, of broadcasters, including yourself, are very, very uh, inclusive of and not exclusive. They're very inclusive of the entire community. I haven't seen you turn away anybody. I've seen you interact with people in your comments, which a lot of a lot of NBA uh, analysts or broadcasters themselves choose not to do just to kind of move forward with whatever the point they want to make instead of making it a community effort. Do you feel that that sets you apart from everyone else? Or, or how do you deal with uh, live streaming at home now and, and dealing with uh, the community? Uh,
2: I mean, I you know, I, I, my mom, as my grandfather taught her, good manners will take you farther than money ever will. Um, I try to respond to people if I can. Um, my days right now typically are anywhere from 12 to 18 hour days just at home. Um, and, you know, like when you have some downtime where you're just sitting on the couch or you're, you know, maybe using the bathroom or just just you have downtime. Um I try to be to of everybody if I can and, and I mean it's cool, you know, like literally like I love basketball. I have it on my shirt. And um, you know, it's a situation where you get to talk about the game you love and um Anytime I can, you know, comment, whether it's, you know, live or it's comments on Instagram or I try to, but sometimes it can be a bit much. So, you know, you just play by ear and have fun with it.
1: So what is, for the NBA, obviously, we have a few subjects to really touch on. I know tomorrow tomorrow you're doing something, you're involved in, in something for your show that I want to touch on at the end of the show. But for right now, the NBA is... Suspended the NBA season and much major, most major sports, if not all major sports now, have been suspended uh, until further notice. What is it that the NBA is doing? And this is something I want you to fill in our, our listeners and viewers about the NCAA prospects and NBA G League. What's going on there?
2: Well, uh, right now the NBA is on hiatus uh, as of March 11th to March 12th. And uh, one thing you're going to see with players is when the next uh, lineup checks uh, are put out. Uh, the the, the uh, next month is, you know, 25% of that check um, will be, you know, garnished from players' uh, payment, and that will go towards some type of fund because uh, this is probably going to be something long-lasting. And, you know, they're trying to figure out next moves as it relates to June and July. You know, as it relates to resuming the season, I've spoken to various people, whether it's players or people in the league office who some say, you know, there will be some type of resuming in June or July. Um and you know, there'll be like a six game um resume of the regular season and then go right into the playoffs. So, you know, guys like uh, the Blazers who are on the outside looking in, uh in like ninth or tenth versus like the Grizzlies who are in eighth uh, in the NBA Western conference, you know, may be be in a in a difficult predicament because they may not make the playoffs and the Blazers have had a difficult season. Then, you know, I've I've heard anything from Cancellation to, you know, you resume the season and then you, you know, next season, the the season will begin in December. Like there's a wide ranging um, antidote of of different things and it's too close to call. You know, I've spoken to people who have said, you know, 40% yes, the season will resume, 60% no. Um, It's just, it's nothing. I feel like this is the election. This is election time. It's
1: too close to call. Well, and that's the thing that I, I think is something to keep in mind is other major sports have canceled completely, have postponed completely for right now. Even the UFC is saying, listen, not." Well, the UFC kind of got lucky in the, in the way of the WWE type style, it, is, it can go to Florida. It can The UFC can hold cards in Florida now because the UFC and WWE have mm-hmm. been all major sports are a supposedly essential business now in Florida. So will that follow with other states or would it be a good idea that maybe, and and in my mind, it is a good idea to postpone the sports until we really get a semi handle on this into the summertime. Like you were saying, I think that would be the way to go about it. Instead of saying, listen, we want people not to be bored in their houses. So in, in lieu of that, we want to go ahead and open up the NBA season again. But that, could get people sick. And now you see that NFL players are testing positive for coronavirus and the NFL season, people didn't ever question until maybe a few days ago when there were players getting it. So is it the smartest move to reopen the NBA in the summer, knowing the possible implications for another wave of sickness to come upon the players? Well,
2: you know, it's interesting. You asked a very loaded question with a lot of peaks and valleys. And what I'll say to you is, um, you know, I've, I've, I've spoken to folks within the government um, and this is leading back to like I want to say like last month um, and you know they were saying to me you know prepare to be in your house through June and July but that being in your house you know also is applicable to athletes and I think that one thing you have to take consideration is of rather is you know you and I have jobs and you know our bosses we're their talent and they're not going to look to us to put ourselves in harm's way and the same breath um, in the NBA, the NFL and major league baseball, they are a million dollar entities that are talent. And I don't think that those leagues are going to put their players in a situation um, where uh, they'll be in harm's way. You know, there has been discussions uh, from other writers who have, you know, made the case that, you know, the NBA could resume the season. And, um, you know, they stay at select hotels and they're tested weekly and they play in arenas without fans. Uh, th- that's cool. I cringed when the Nets were on the road trip, and they were in California at the time. They had played the Lakers. That was their last game, and then they were supposed to play the Warriors uh, a day or two later. And, you know, the discussion was this will be the first time in Major League Sports that, you know, there will be a game without fans, and that you know that, that kind of made me feel awkward, not just as a person who covers it, but as a person who you know, is actually a fan of the game of basketball. You know, it's like, wow, like the fans make the, make the, um, the game special. You know, I, I, during the month of February, I was in Philadelphia for a great deal and um, was around the Sixers during that month. And, um, you know, I I was thinking about the little things. I was thinking about how, you know, when you walk through the tunnel pregame and then out of, you know, visitors' locker room and then the the Sixers' locker room and how, you know, fans hang over the the tunnel and how, you know, they're waiting to see who comes next. And I just remember, like, walking through the tunnel and seeing fans, like, hey, slap my hand. Like, there was interaction. Stuff like that you take for granted in games. Um, You know, when you brought up the portion about, um, you know, other sports. Uh, you talked about the WWE. I had Mark Henry on my uh, Instagram live works with Scoop a couple weeks ago. And he just, you know, the WWE Hall of Famer talked about how, you know, it was disheartening um, that the fans can't be a part of that process. And the WWE surely misses the fans. Um, but I think the WWE, you know, who pre-taped WrestleMania uh, yes. isn't a, a, a more, enclosed situation than the NBA. The NBA, like, you can wrestle, I think, without fans. Um, and But Mark Henry made the point that, you know, the the, the wrestlers feed off of the fans and we need them. Um, I think that in the NBA, the fans are more essential to the game, in my opinion, than um, in wrestling, where it's a little different. Well, you just can't wrestle wrestling the basketball, but I feel like, you know, a fan cheering on their team, a collection of 15 guys is a little different than cheering pro or, or, or against, you know, two wrestlers
1: in the ring. It's a little different. Well, it it is, but in the same sense, you know, you do, you did say earlier that WWE wrestlers in that, in, in that regard, not only feed off the fans, but they also have, you know, they pay basically into their salaries. They sell out arenas normally, you know, things like that happen. And, as we've seen even in WWE, which I don't think would happen in in the NBA uh, right now because they're a a bigger entity as far as money uh, goes. But you have the WWE making major layoffs of top wrestlers or talents because they can't afford to pay them based on the fact that they're not selling out arenas. And so I think the fans in that regard, because of the entity or the type of entity that the WWE is versus the NBA, I think that would matter more, I would argue. Yeah, I think when you look at the, when you look at uh, the WWE,
2: they're like rappers, <laughs> you know, they have their own brand, they have fans, they, you know, but they're independent contractors in the sense of they can do card shows, they can, they can do signings, they can, you know, in the NBA, you can do it too. Like, I remember a few years ago, I was with Allen Iverson and we were sitting at a, at a blackjack table and playing. Playing, playing blackjack in New Orleans at the casino. And I really was just sitting, he and I were just sitting and talking. And one of the things that I just was thinking about was like, man, like he could take a lot of cash out, bet that at a blackjack table. And then if he wanted to go to uh, a card signing, you know, like a, a, some type of appearance, he can make that 10,000 back.
1: Yeah. That's <laughs> true. <laughs> that's only with this,
2: we can't go anywhere. So you've got to monitor your money even more, and that's to what the comparatively WWE is doing.
1: So for you, though, I mean, being uh, a, a personality like you are, a sports personality like you are, and enjoying the NBA, obviously, like you said, it would be awkward not to have the fans out there for NBA games uh, if they resume the season like that. That also, I think, is why I wish they would just push it back uh, and these major sports push them back to where they can have fans so when they return, it's a full blast return it is a you know it is a it is an excitement that you probably have never seen before in the sports world regardless of what the sport is i think yeah. if they had a if they had a tennis match tomorrow and they said all the fans could attend a tennis match you would see sold out arenas everywhere for tennis
2: yeah because what you've created is the, in a lot of respect, sheep the sheep will follow if you have a fan base um and i think as you were asking me this question or making your statement um, the thing that that I thought of was me being, me being a kid and me scraping my leg in the playground and your mom tells you don't pick the scab let the neosporin do his work let the band-aid cover it up don't pick the scab and if we're not careful if we just run to whatever it is like I'm not a doctor. I I don't know. I don't claim to know everything about coronavirus, but I know what stay your ass in the house means. And I know what (laughs) not, not just being, being smart. I know what that means. I I think, um, you hear many different people in government and in sports have varying opinions on starting sooner rather than later. Um, in Florida would be essential business and I just, it's it's a lot to process, and I think that um, at some point, though, there is going to have to be some level of a happy medium. You know, I'm told that, you know, NBA commissioner Adam Silver, for example, you know, may rule on some type of decision in May, which makes sense because, um, you know, playoffs and people have plans. Like, I'll even tell you that, you know, I know that Nike um, had a whole rollout for uh, Scotty Pippen's uh, retro sneakers that got canned because people aren't spending money on sneakers like that. I mean, you have some people who just sneaker as us, but where are they going? You know, you have that. Right. I mean, Tracy Brady was supposed to do a rollout with Adidas with his retro line. And then Nike was supposed to do a rollout with, with uh, Penny Hardaway with the little Penny commercials and everything during the playoffs. <laughs> like, this has messed up a lot of money.
1: Absolutely. And and I think that that's something we don't, uh, I think a lot of people don't understand is that, you know, uh, and I found people plenty of times on not only uh, Facebook Live, Instagram Live, uh, Periscope, I found plenty of people that say basically, oh, it's not as bad as we think it is. Why are we all yeah. so, you know, in the house so long? And it's like, I think it's not, and it has nothing to do with, you know, uh, and I've gotten this a lot because of course I'm a, and I'm just going to bring this up. I'm a white broadcaster. So I'm I'm it, the ethnicity is brought up to me a lot of well you think it's this because you trust in everything and all this other stuff right it's not what it is ethnicity doesn't matter it's intelligence that matters watching the process that's happening and how quick this is spreading and how many jobs it's 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 costing people because we've had over 17 million people file for unemployment over the last couple of months and here in Chicagoland for 670 the score we have massive or uh, uh, layoffs that have happened just recently like a week and a half ago and some of those guys were my friends like close friends of mine which i was just completely floored that they would get let go but i guess because the the uh sponsors don't want to be there at this moment in the in the capacity that they were before that that is why they're getting laid off yeah and
2: i think that that's why um it's important uh as as media professionals and you know we're going to talk about Michael Jordan I know in a little bit but it's important and I think last decade I paid attention to it you you have to establish you as the broadcaster who may work for a company and you as the brand whether that's the the social media aspect whether that's being booked on various networks as as an expert whether that's um, just a myriad of different things that Michael Jordan seamlessly did that uh, wearing Nike sneakers. And then, you know, the Jordan brand, the Jordan brand, which was an extension of him with people like Derek Jeter, Eddie Jones, and Roy Jones Jr. And then many others wearing his products. So I think in this day and age, you know, for broadcasters, you know, I, I've spoken to some friends in, in the industry who've gotten laid off or taken pay cuts and more like now is the time to reinvest in your, to invest yourself. You think about it, you're not spending a ton of money, flying anywhere, gas, um, you know, you, you can, for some people, you're able to defer your bills for a little bit, but this is the time to invest in you and your brand. And and, and for those who may be you know, struggling with hurting, if you can do it, um, do it
1: because your you, you, your older self will think your younger self. Absolutely. And that's something that I, I tend to do. And I notice that, you know, obviously for anybody who was listening to the intro, I gave earlier, <laughs> you do multiple things and have appeared on multiple platforms. What is it that you think is most important, sorry, uh, about appearing on ESPN radio? Uh, have, you know Being the senior NBA writer on Heavy.com, what is it that drives you to do so? What is that main driving factor for you?
2: Well, I'm not new. Um, the cool thing about my situation is um, I started in 97 um, with the Nets as a kid. and um, was around you know, Bulls players, Knicks players, Nets players, Seattle Super Science players, Utah Jazz players, and, you know, my bread and butter is relationships. And, you know, I think, you know, when I took a class in grad school uh, at Oxford University, one of the things that my professor said, and we're talking about 2009, 2010, you know, the professor said, you know, in, in the next 10, 15 years, um, it's going to be about brands and credible sources and not not as much about, um, networks you know networks have their place you know but social media twitter following and just all of those accoutrements you know are, are, are beneficial for uh, branding and you know I really took that to heart and, you know for me you know 2011 when I finished grad school you know, I didn't have a ton of networks knocking on my door you know I eventually landed at spots you know at CBS and, You know, the writer at Source Magazine and and, and some other places as well. Um, But, you know, Scoopy Radio, uh, for example, is literally a podcast that started from a Timberland uh, shoebox. Um, I had a collection of tapes when I was a kid. And um, I basically took those tapes and digitized them. So I had interviews with like Kimmy Matumbo, BJ Armstrong, Scott Burrell, um, Jason Williams, a bunch of other people. And I digitized those tapes. And uh, I had a big interview that I ended up doing that was more current. So at first, the podcast was literally a a, a time capsule, which is different things. And what happened is over time, you know, I used the digital landscape to really push my brand to do what I needed to do. Um, And when I was at CDS, I I, I was writing there and I took an interview that I did there um, or that I did on Scoopy Radio and wrote about it at CDS. The extension of my brand was Scoopy Radio. You know it went viral. It's got you know national recognition based upon that, like. but I what I'll say is just you know knowing your strengths, what you're interested in, and and putting that into motion, you know will get you those looks. I'm connected, but just because I'm co- connected doesn't mean anything. Anybody can can create something that's different. If they're not hiring, create your own job. And I've been a mixture of both. I've used the machine, but I've also created stuff. You know, that, that's that's made waves, both digitally, nationally, and more. I had Stefan Marlborough on the podcast the other day talked about Jordan. And, um, you know, it's just a good time to be a creative um, in this world.
1: So with that, I mean, obviously with, with different events coming up, um, things like the NBA G League basically trying to poach N- uh, NCAA prospects. And then sure. you have something like this weekend where uh, you have the 10-part documentary of the last run of 90s Bulls teams, you know, the the, the last dance, yes? Yeah. Yeah, I mean,
2: I, I think when you look at just um, what's going on right now, there's still a sports vortex that's there. Um, you know, you talked about the, the G League. Jalen Green uh, is is going to the G League, and the G League is – making things attractive uh, for players where, you know, they're offering them a, a potential scholar. I think it's like a $150,000 scholarship. Plus you get like, I think a half a million dollars to play in the G league and more, um, you know, it's, it's making it more attractive. I mean, half a million dollars. I'm sure we could all use that actually. That cheese <laughs> right. um, so I, I think it's making it more attractive for guys to, to go there. And, you know, the NBA is legitimately creating a farm system. Um, for for players, you know, literally single A, double A, triple A uh, in your living room. I think it's imperative for it. It's imperative on their part to make it attractive, particularly right now. There's so many eyeballs and things that are going on right now. But you know, the NBA has been angling and inching for years as being the number one sport in the country. They've never had that distinction. Uh, baseball has had it. The NFL has had it. And you know, they're taking cues from baseball in this instance with the with the G League, and you know, making it more attractive. There have been successful guys that come out of the G League. You know, off the top of my head, I'm thinking about Jeremy Lin, um, and you know, he's 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 made a lot of money in the NBA. Um, and then you talked about the documentary. Definitely, um, good timing, and I'm glad that, and glad that ESPN actually pushed
1: it up. Now, what do you feel about something that when Michael Jordan said, and he's quoted as saying, and I'm just, you know what, let me paraphrase this just so I'm not going to misquote this, basically saying, people that are going to watch this are going to think that I was a horrible teammate to, to people that I worked with in the organization, in the Bulls organization in the late 90s. What would, what, does that scare you as a fan or does that maybe intrigue you to be like, why, why does he say that? No,
2: because I've been in
1: both locker rooms as a kid, so I
2: know how Michael was. Um, More specifically, um, I saw clips of, uh, and I'll tell you that, you know, my experiences as a child with Michael were very good um, in a locker room. He was was always kind to me, Um, and, you know, I'll never forget that as a kid, and, you know, you should, I believe you should meet your heroes um you know when you're young if you can because as an adult in this industry it's very different um all my heroes i've met already and i'm glad um uh, but that's not everybody's um everybody's storyline in life so I, I get it but specifically to your statement about um more so just him listen i saw i saw a, um, a clip of uh, michael kind of it could be perceived as as bullying Scott Burrell, Um where basically he said Scott could play defense and, and more. I think in today's society um, that tough love or that bullying, if you will, is just not, um, it's not the same as it was in the 80s and the 90s. Um, there's certain even words you can't use anymore um, in locker rooms and, and in your day-to-day life. And I think that Um, You know, it's interesting because I actually, Scott Burrell will appear on the Scooby radio podcast that drops a Saturday morning on all streaming platforms. I actually, Scott and I were texting back and forth about it and, you know, um, we talked about it on record and he said that he wasn't offended by Michael, that happened in 98 and, you know, um, he felt like that made him tougher. Um, the fact that, you know, Michael was in his ear like that as the leader of the Chicago Bulls. Michael felt that there was a responsibility that he had to be the general on the floor. I've heard stories from members of Jordan's past teammates. I spoke to another former member of of, of, of the Bulls in that 98 championship team uh, who basically said that, you know, Michael was just um, tough. And, you know, that particular Bulls player did not see the full documentary, but he said he lived it. And, um, you know, Michael commanded the most out of his teammates. I, Horace Grant told me a story one time. He told me that, you know, Michael was the devil in practice. He said that Michael practiced as if the Pistons and the Knicks uh, were on that practice floor at the Burdo Center by back then in Chicago. So, you know, in the Chicago area. So I, I'm, I'm, I think that people will perceive
1: Michael as a bully just because it's different times we live in. Okay, so it's basically he was saying that because he knew about the social uh, cues now versus what they were back then. Okay, it's calculated. See, I wish they would have said that as well, tagging along with the quote because that would have made it easier for me to understand. Because what it sounded like to me, because all they did was quote him as saying, "People who watch this are going to think I was a terrible teammate." That's all that it said. So, Mm -hmm. with no context to that, like you just added, I would have went into the documentary thinking. holy crap, as one of my, you know, one of the legends of the game, one of the, the, consider the goat in my eyes, you know, was he really that guy? And I'm glad you clarified that for me because I'm much more likely to watch this with a more open mind, uh, starting. Yeah,
2: I think it's, it's not at times. Like I'll tell you like Kyrie Irving, um, and Kobe Bryant were, were, were very close. Um, and I spoke, uh, with someone in his circle who told me just how, um, instrumental Kobe was in uh, Kyrie's growth in the league and how you know he was a mentor to Kyrie particularly uh during their championship run in 2016. Um and and you know LeBron and Kyrie some could argue is the modern day uh or are the modern day version rather of uh Shaq and Kobe uh, in their feuding. I think the difference is publicly, you know, um, should I. LeBron and Kyrie have said all the right things. Um, and they've publicly, you know, and, and amicably from all indications, have um, settled their differences um, amongst themselves on that 2016 uh, Cavs team. But that team was very yeah, special. Right. But, you know, the, the point I'm making is the person who shared that information with me basically said, man, if Kobe was not as crazy as uh, Michael was, he said, you know, Michael had. Uh, some serial killer tendencies is just how much how bad he wanted to win he said Kobe wasn't as bad but I think there's just a level of of insane you kind of have to be to want to chase greatness the way that you do and the greats usually had a level of lunacy to them you look at you look <laughs> at um, you look at uh, Albert Einstein uh, you look at Kanye West you look at Michael Jackson um, those were uh, once in a lifetime talents and um michael was a was a real one but michael michael had serial killer tendencies
1: (laughs) and i i like that though because you're you're bringing this up and this is something that i've talked about in broadcasting for a long time and that's something i hope the listeners and viewers understand when i say killer mentality i'm talking about exactly what scoop just said he said that the the serial killer mentality that that you have to have the eye on greatness all the time in order to be that, in order to eventually be that. So I think like for myself, at least I can't speak for any other broadcasters out there, but for myself, at least anything I do, this interview included, anything I do, voiceovers, commercials, I have a saying to myself of just, and it's not my saying, but be the best in everything you do. And everything is the key word in that sentence, because I don't take anything I do lightly at all. If I want to have this interview and I have three more today and I have a guest spot at the end of the day or I have, you know, I have to go to school and learn uh, certain types of ins and outs of TV broadcasting, you know, seven days a week if I have to. But to get to a point where I'm like scoop and interviewing these these gentlemen and getting these experiences and maybe getting, you know, obviously a little bit of luck here and there in in my profession, (laughs) hopefully, um, to get these opportunities, I think people need to keep that in mind that it's not always going to be, you know, there has to be that level of, like you said, lunacy to it in a way, because if you don't have that, I feel that uh, no matter what your career path is, you won't be as successful as the next guy that very likely has that in their head. So what is it that you're looking forward to scoop about what you do, what, you know, what, who you write for uh, the podcast you host, what is it you're looking forward to in the future? What are future plans for Scoop? Just to be the best I can be, man. Um, I have a buzz right now. I'm continuing to grow.
2: Um, the podcast is doing very well. Um, we have topped the record uh, for most streams um, this month. The le- the last big month we had was was April of 2019, and, you know, um, we've had anyone from you know the voice of Siri to uh, Shaquille O'Neal to Charles Barkley to uh, Civil Rights Attorney Gloria Allred, Mark Cuban, DJ Khaled. We've had a ton of guests on the show, and you know uh, Pete Sampras. Uh, 2.1 million streams last year. Really following the the digital platform wave, and um, you know I, I just continue to grow. You know Heavy.com is doing very well, uh, numbers wise. We do about. Uh, 3 million to 7 million hits daily on the whole platform. Um, and, you know, the sports department is doing very well with all things considering. Um, I think we did 25 million impressions uh, last month. Um, wow. I, I did 1 million by myself last month. And last month was a very busy month, and productive month. But just continuing to grow, man, continuing to grow. Um, TV appearances here and there. I'll actually be on 670 to score on Monday uh, talking about the Bulls documentary. So I'm Who's excited.
1: Whose who show are you joining for that? Lawrence Holmes. Lawrence Holmes, that's, that's yeah. another gentleman that I love to get on the show. Uh, he and I have met before, but you know very briefly, and, and he is someone I look up to very, very much. Uh, also, one of the instructors uh, for Illinois Media School, when I hit, hold this show normally, is, uh, is um, Dustin Rhodes, who is the executive producer of Mullion Hall in the Morning on 6-7. Nice. 10. So I, I like that they have these kind of things set up, but uh, that's going off the point, and I felt myself getting on a tangent there. Um, <laughs> but to stick with it, so Monday Monday from, uh, what is it, noon to 2, right, for Lawrence Holmes? Yes. So, Scoop, guys, radio. tune in. Noon to 2, Lawrence Holmes show on 670 The Score, uh, AM 670 here in Chicagoland. Of course, you can also see 670. I believe it is on the radio.com app as well. You can yes. go check it out there. So definitely check out Scoop there as well. Yes, sir. That's, see, this is the beautiful thing. I'm so glad you're appearing on The Score. I love that station. Um, yes, how can people reach you? How can people get a hold of you? And now for everybody who's listening to Scoop talk about his social media Just so you're aware everywhere he will be tagged. He personally will be tagged on every post I do on social media When this when you're watching this and of course if you're watching on YouTube down in the description all of his links that are there So don't worry about it. I've got you guys covered scoop. Where can they find you? Uh,
2: Twitter at scoop B, uh, Instagram snapchat at scoop underscore B. subscribe to scoopy radio podcast, uh, which is available streaming platforms um, Apple Podcasts iHeartRadio Spotify Google Play TuneIn App Stitcher App or simply visit scoopbradio.com. Um, we do Instagram lives every Thursday at 3pm Eastern Time 2pm Central Time um, with people that I just find interesting um, we've had Mark Henry on we've had a uh, Loving hip-hop star uh, Tahiri Jose. Uh, we had basketball, Entrepreneur Rush to share. Uh, and, you know, there's five uh, Thursdays in the month of
0: April and um, we've been doing, you know, doing an interview. So we got
2: two more weeks and, you know, there are people who are interested in, in expanding more. Um, you know, I've got O-Rocks uh, leather Company, which is based in Portland, Oregon, uh, who is a, a big player in you know, some of the activations we'll be doing moving forward. You see their name in the backdrop over there.
1: Yeah, and man, just working hard. That's it. And again, I will say, and this is just a as a formal uh, putting it out there type deal, if there's anything or anyone that you know of that needs any help with either broadcasting, voiceovers for the podcast, anything you need, Of course, anybody can follow me already at Patrick M. Voss on all social media platforms. But for you, Scoop, if you want to get a hold of me, you know how we know how we get a hold of each other on social media. But if you want to get a hold of me and there's somebody that needs help or you need my help with anything, I will gladly uh, be of assistance to you. Good show, man. So, guys, again, thank you for listening to another great episode of the Golden Sports Show here on Not only SportstownChicago.com on on the website and the Facebook page, but also at Patrick M. Voss everywhere on social media. And if you're watching on YouTube, thank you so much for watching the show. Also, all of Scoop B's links are in the description box below, so go follow him now. I'll see you guys for the next interview as we interview Scoop B Radio. Hold
0: up.